Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are doing an instant review of 2018's Aquaman. Uh, I'm joined by a few friends. We got a couple returning voices, uh, John, Phil, and Julianne. Um, this movie was directed by James Wan, who's done you know some of the Conjuring movies, Insidious, uh, Fast 7, amongst other movies. Uh, so for those that are tuning in for the first time to this show, we uh, like to do a non-spoiler, um, you know, kind of thoughts at the beginning before we take a break and get into specifics. So if you have not yet seen this movie, you can pause after we give our uh, non-spoiler, you know, recommendations, whether or not we uh, recommend you guys go check this out in the movie theaters. Um, you know, this does follow Justice League. Uh, I believe it takes place a year later. Uh, Jason Momoa returns as Arthur Curry, who is Aquaman. Amber Heard plays Mira, who is the love interest. She is also the daughter of King Nearest, uh, which is played by Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Patrick Wilson is Orm, uh, a.k.a. the Ocean Master, who is Arthur's Atlantean half-brother and ruler of Atlantis. And we also got the uh, small role of Atlanta, I think it is, uh, by Nicole Kidman, who plays Arthur's mother. I guess we could also mention uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, uh, who plays Black Manta. Willem Dafoe has a small role. Yeah. Amber Heard, yeah, Mira, yeah. Uh, So, basically... The story, you know, I kind of went in a little blind. I didn't, I, well, I've seen the trailer maybe a couple times, but I've never read up on this. Uh, Arthur Curry is approached by Mira, and she is asking him to come down to Atlantis to prevent a war. Uh, basically, throughout the story, we find out that everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people believe that Arthur is going to be the bridge to uh, both worlds, land and sea. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and go around the table and get everyone's, Initial thoughts, non-spoilers, just overall thoughts after the movie. Uh, John, what did you think of Aquaman? I thought it was a uh, pretty entertaining movie. You know, there's some very good visual sequences. There was also some very good um, ways of shooting. You know, I guess it's more like a a weapon shot instead of like like Tarantino has his mm. trunk shot. But there was like a there was some very very good sequences. You're, you're a music guy. What did you think of the music, the score? I liked it. It was definitely, uh, it seemed somewhat eclectic, not always mixing well. I guess the styles of music didn't mix well with each other, but they fit this, you know, the what we were seeing on the screen. Um, I guess, like I said to you when the movie ended, if you told me 10 years ago that I would enjoy watching an Aquaman movie, I would have laughed in your face. Um... I thought that it was funny. It played to Jason Momoa's strengths of being humorous, but also, I think, carrying an action movie really well. And, um, yeah, it was just overall a fun watch. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty entertaining movie. Uh, there were some strong hits and then some some pretty strong uh, misses as well. I appreciated most uh some of the emotional scenes were really uh I, I felt really connected to them and i thought they did those really well um both at the beginning and towards the end and um in the middle of the movie i guess uh there's three key uh emotional scenes that i can think of and i thought they executed those pretty fine 
Uh, Phil, during the movie, you actually pointed out that there's some campiness uh, to the movie, and you kind of liked that. And I think th uh, after thinking about it, that uh, I, I think it helped me kind of accept the tone, you know, a little bit more. This is uh, kind of different from the other DC movies. Uh, this is lighter uh, in, you know, in terms of like the jokes. Uh, Aquaman is uh, pretty quippy. Um, there's some one-liners. Some are kind of groaners, but I, I think they're also kind of placating to a younger audience as well. Uh, but you know there's definitely it's i feel it's probably a little bit more violent than some of the you know its predecessors as well uh we have a lot of fight scenes um there's like arms being cut off and you know we'll get into a little bit more specifics of some of the action sequences but um i thought this was really good i you know uh, as most dc movies are i go in with a low expectation um i think this is kind of up there uh in terms of ranking i'm not gonna say this is like better than wonder woman because i don't believe it is uh, but definitely better than like Suicide Squad and you know BVS Justice League. This was really enjoyable. It is long, and I felt the pacing was pretty good. I mean, I think they could trim it down a smidge. Uh, William Defoe, like his character was fine, but I don't, I don't know if he was necessarily needed. He served a purpose, but I don't know if. His character was written really well. Um, Mira, who uh, played by Amber Heard, I thought she was serviceable, but I don't know. I, I think maybe uh, a different actress, maybe I would have liked her chemistry with Jason Momoa a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe visually, I don't. I can't see them two together. Uh, maybe I'm more new, used to his character, Cal Drago. You know, maybe that's what it is. I can't really ship these two together. Um, I thought the music was pretty good as well. And there's a, a couple themes. Um, the one that I got, st I started getting a little annoyed by was uh, Orm's theme. You know, like I, I liked it the first few times, but um, I, I felt that was a little overplayed. But with Jason Mo or uh, Aquaman's theme, uh, Arthur Curry, that you got the electric guitar strike, you know, that we've heard from like the previous movies as well. So that's all pretty good. Uh, Phil, you also mentioned like some of the emotional beats. Uh, th there's a couple of scenes where I might have gotten a little glassy eyed, you know, as as brief of a moment as they were me being a father of almost four at this point you know i uh, some of those um you know kind of hit me and and uh uh i, I did like those because again we, we didn't we, i guess we they tried to do some of that stuff with like man of steel you know with uh clark and his mother this one i just i, I don't know i felt a little connected i, I don't know if it's because i'm a you know i'm i'm a minority jason momoa and his father they're minorities i don't know if it's that uh, me being a father too, and it's Jason Momoa and his father. I, I'm not sure, but there was definitely an emotional connection I had with that uh, particular pairing. Uh, so I guess now we'll go back around the table and kind of say whether or not we recommend this movie uh, in the theater before we take a break and get into specifics. Um, since I have the mic, I'll go ahead and just uh, jump in now. I do recommend it. I think this movie is grand. Uh, I think they do a pretty decent job at you know uh, world building, in my opinion. They do throw in a lot of stuff in there. But after the movie, I actually had Phil look up, you know, how much of the planet Earth is actually water, 71%. And I feel like we really do get the scale of that. You know, this is the uh, lost city of Atlantis, and that's something I've been uh, very fascinated with uh, a lot of my life. You know, I, I've been, and so we get a little bit of that mythology as well. They incorporate some other stuff from other cultures, and so... 
I thought this movie was a lot more epic than I thought it was going to be. So、um, that is why I recommend this movie in the theater. So I say go check it out. I would also recommend it.、Um, like you just said, it's, it's epic. You know, it's definitely, there's some very grand things happening on the screen. I don't think it's going to look better at home at all. So if you're a fan of DC Comics and want to see. A better DC movie. This is, this is one of them to go to. It's better than some of the you know, not so good、uh, Marvel movies, which are a few of them, but it's still better than some of them. Yeah, totally. I mean, better than the first two Thor movies. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd see this way before I'd watch Thor 2 again. Dark World, bad. <laughs> yeah, I would go see this in theaters after the movie was over. I texted my mom and told her to go see it in theaters. So,、um, but. I think that、um, it's definitely a fun, a fun movie, and definitely I think there's always the、um, theatrical sound is something that you just can't get at home. And this is definitely a movie that I think plays well with that.、Um, and just the, the visuals, the colors, and stuff that's in the movie, I think if you don't have like a you know, theater at home, <laughs> it'd be a good option. I, th- I think、uh, I would recommend people see this in theaters, but I feel like if you are already, you know, prejudged all the DC universe and decided that you don't like it, it's not going to be a strong enough movie to sway you, to convince you to want to see f- other movies. So、um, I, I guess it just kind of depends on, you know, what side of the camp you're on.、Um, as far as、uh, just the experience, I, I kind of I, I felt like they fell short with the world, but I thought that I appreciated. Like the scale and, and the scope of everything that they tried to do, it kind of felt like a little bit of Star Wars and Tron underwater with Greek mythology in a way.、Um, I, so that's kind of the best way for me to describe it. And all the little sea creatures and like,、uh, yeah, all the, sea, all the little sea creatures and crustaceans and stuff, I thought they were pretty well done. But、um, there w a s a few misses, and some of the costume designs were, were, were part of that. I agree. Some of the、uh, costume designs were a little、uh, meh, you know,、uh, not too detailed. Some were maybe a little over detailed. You know, we'll get to、uh, some of the comparisons I had and if you guys had any as well.、Uh, so I'll finish up with this.、Uh, the, the fight sequences, I, I can't say this about、uh, Aquaman. I felt a lot of the action and fight sequences w a s a lot more、uh, clearer to see because a lot of them were actually in the daytime too. You know, you think back to Justice League, a lot of them were like indoors or at night. And I think we Had one,、uh, at least a couple that were underwater that could have been a little dark, but you know, you're underwater, what can you do?、Um, but yeah, I, I do like the movie overall,、uh, and you know, four recommends in the theater, so there you go.、Uh, so at this time, we'll go ahead and、uh, play a little clip to give you guys a chance to pause this episode. If you've not yet seen the movie, then we will get into spoilers. Hey, buddy, you that fish boy from the TV? My son, you could unite our worlds one day. The land and the sea. I'm not a king. The world needs something more a hero. Aquaman. And we're back. So now, if you're listening at this point, you have either seen the movie or you don't care about the spoilers.、Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there, but. 
Ocean Master looks like the Shredder. <laughs> you know, the purple and the helmet. Um, but uh, to what Phil uh, was saying about like the similarities of some stuff, he mentioned Star Wars Underwater, uh, you know, Thor, like the gladiator scene reminded me of Thor Ragnarok. King Arthur pulls a trident out of you know that's that's sword in the stone right that's trident in the stone so you got that Mira coming to get Arthur to come back to you know Atlantis that's totally Nala and Simba in the Lion King right so I saw a lot of similarities and I'm okay with that if you do it well you know a little bit of gladiator too yeah 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 the gladiator uh, the, the the fight scene um, but I really uh, the, the only part I was um, I was still trying to wrap my head around like the technology that they had, but they show you they did a pretty good job of incorporating you know the history by William Defoe's character in telling us you know some backstory and exposition. So I kind of like that too. But still seeing like how advanced it was underwater, I was just kind of like wow. You know, it it, it brought me to um, what's Thor's home. Asgard? Asgard, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's so advanced, it's so colorful. That's kind of what it reminded me of, too. Which, again, it's like, it's, it's okay. It's a different property, and you can call it like a like a wet Thor, you know, that's that's fine. But um, I thought they did it well, if, even if a lot of things were inspired or ripped, you know, off of. Like, uh, when they were in Italy, and there's that chase scene, Phil and I were talking about this in the car, but it reminded me of one of the Fast and Furious movies where they're, like, running around, I, I, I believe it was Brazil, you know, jumping from rooftop to rooftop so possibly some influences but uh, I, I really dug the fight scene I want to start off with the beginning of the movie where Aquaman uh, you know um, he boards this submarine that was being uh, overtaken by you know some pirates and I really like the fight sequences in here one in particular where he's holding this one guy like above his head and like runs him through like the top of like a doorway you know like I've never seen that before and I thought it was pretty cool uh, John what do you think about that uh, entire sequence uh, which also the whole father and son thing where um, Arthur leaves him to die, that, that was a little brutal. And that's what I loved about this movie because it continues the trend of uh, allowing the audience to understand the motivation of its villains. Totally, yeah. I mean, that fight, that fight sequence, like you said, I mean, I, that particular move where he, where he runs him through uh, the doorway was, uh, I hadn't seen that before either. So that was, it was interesting. That's exactly what I thought. And, uh, you know, with the, the whole Arthur um, deciding to let, his, you know, Black Manta's father die, I mean, essentially he killed him because by, by inaction. And then him trying to cope with that decision later in the movie is you know there there is some growth there that you don't always see um in these types of movies so that was that was nice to see um i don't know i like that whole sequence i um john and i leaned over to each other in that <laughs> um in that moment of um the like point of view shot from him like pushing the gun away while the guy was shooting and that was a pretty cool shot and definitely something that I don't think I've seen before except for maybe in like the Doom movie yeah. <laughs> but um, who watches the Doom movie and yeah just really cool action really well coordinated and really well I think suited to like the build and size of Jason Momoa against these like rather normal bodied people and yeah I think this like tough decision maybe not so tough decision he had to make i think it was 
it was fine. I think the beginning also sets up, um, you know, how strong and powerful he actually really is. Oh, for sure. We saw the fight scene in Justice League, but uh, in this movie, you know, I, we didn't know how impenetrable he actually really was. Yeah. You know, so obviously a, a grenade launcher, you know, it, it can still hit yeah, him. Yeah, blow him away. Yeah, blow him away, but, but you know, he no responded with He responded with humor right after that, yeah. too. So yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I really like that whole like that whole submarine sequence, but there was one part that kind of took like that just kind of took me out of the moment. It was when the Black Manta's dad like pulled out the the, the bomb just to detonate on stuff. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it's a little too much. And I thought, and it kind of just pulled me out of that sequence. But then later, after watching the entire movie, seeing how campy the, the Black Manta guy is, I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess that's kind of in character. So you know, thinking back, I was like, all right, you know, I guess it kind of fit. Um, but for me, that whole, I don't know, everything from the beginning up to that submarine part, probably one of the stronger parts of the movie was the beginning. And then probably the end, I, I really liked the chemistry between, was it Tom, his dad, and Atlanta, and just him. Like, just, you know, just the, the bond between the, the parents and then, you know, the bond, and their love for their son. Um, I thought that was kind of one of the stronger points of the movies. And, and it kind of it kind of made her leaving, like, uh, a, a really emotional uh distressful moment and then you know at the end uh when they reunited it it just kind of um it just came back full circle so i thought those scenes were probably the most powerful scenes for me and that was primarily between because of the chemistry and the relationships that they all had with each other yeah um we'll go ahead and transition into uh what follows after that where we kind of get the um i guess a narration of uh arthur telling us how his parents actually met I thought I don't know the the whole beginning stuff with Nicole Kidman was a little weird for me. I don't know if it was her acting, her direction. Um, for a while, I was like, "Why are they showing us this?" Like, I felt we could have done without it. And I guess I I didn't really think, "Oh, she's she's got to come back, right?" It's Nicole Kidman. Why do you hire her for this like little cameo? Uh, so they do bring her uh, her back and that uh, reuniting with her and and Arthur you know um, I didn't get emotional but I did like that you know that was a nice scene but um I do like the again the relationship between him and his father uh, his name is Tom um I like how they go to the bar and have a drink with each other they, they were literally all uh, there all night because you know they were there in the daytime and and uh, when they leave is at night uh so the scene that didn't really bother me that there was a little bit of a misdirect you know where they're sitting at the bar and then these like you know group of uh, uh biker guys come up and like yeah you uh, you the guy in the water type of deal and um i didn't really know what i mean i i was like i don't think they're gonna fight but yeah they asked for like the picture and what kind of not rubbed me the wrong way it made me raise my eyebrow and more like a face palm you know it was like the guy had like a, a, a pink phone protector you know like it's like trying too hard to get you to yeah yeah like uh, we get it they're, they're already asking for a selfie i don't know if we needed that necessarily you know i feel like he stole that phone from like somebody spoon feeding you that, that joke. a little bit you know and again you know i'm sure the kids ate that up you know but uh that, that was uh, some of the humor that we got that i was just kind of like ah we could have done without um there was a few lines that joke was well done it was just the phone it was a little too much right Is right right that, that's it that's the capper like like we 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 didn't need that 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 uh you, you know the only thing missing was um what was the thing on the back that the, the people have now 
the oh, something stopper. Pop yeah, pop socket. There you go. That's like the only thing missing from his phone. <laughs> could have could have had that. Uh, so I do like that. Uh, what do you guys think about um, kind of like the introduction of Mira? Because that's kind of all in the same scene, but like the the father and stuff like that. Because actually, you know what? Uh, what about the, the this next fight sequence with Nicole Kidman, uh, Atlanta? Where in the living room they were showing us like all these different angles, you know that that was pretty awesome too. I've never seen that, and so like I'm like, okay, they are really when they um, choreographed this. I, I'm sure they're like, okay, how how can we do something different that maybe we haven't seen in other superhero movies? Because at this t- point, there's like over twenty, you know. I, I haven't really counted, but uh, Marvel alone is how many? Eighteen mm. or something like if that. I remember that scene correctly. Was it just kind of like a uh, a camera that was kind of floating it was one continuous shot it, kind of yeah it, it was definitely one continuous shot but it would like rotate upwards yeah. you know the, up the side yeah exactly so from from different angles you know not quite 360 but it was different definitely like aerial and and all of that too so i really dug that sequence and um you know i thought she did fine fighting and so i don't know the um de-aging her and 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 the dad like that was a little distracting because i was like oh man that's that's a marvel thing but you know i i guess well marvel started it but that's that's the only thing i could think of you know but um uh so we'll talk about mira nicole kidman and uh, his father yeah just to you know comment on the de-aging thing it's i don't know what it is but the the you know watching michael uh douglas walk into the into that that room and uh at the, at the beginning of ant-man was just oh. this is not something i'd you know i mean it was very impressive and and this wasn't that good <laughs> and that was like the first time you know someone really done it well so um you know it started with tron again there's you know some more correlations between this movie and tron um and that that is one of them and it's definitely better than that but still not not as good as what Marvel's doing did in the past and is currently doing now. And the the fight sequence in the house where they come for Nicole Kidman, you know, it was it was it was almost like the camera was like was like a ball and they were tossing the ball around and it was going from the weapon shot to the to the ceiling shot to you know just following certain characters. It, it was very it was very cool. And I guess another thing to add is that we I don't know if any of us said before, but most of the movie has CGI in it. Every scene, there's definitely there's something that is, you know, being altered or added in there, and it can be distracting. And then with the introduction of Mira, it was it was kind of nice that we didn't have to have like any backstory at that moment or any really build up to her coming in. It was just like here she is. We're moving the plot forward. Um, you know, let's get this movie rolling. Yeah, I agree. I think it also, um, it introduced her and then he also spoke about Willem Dafoe's character without having to necessarily introduce who he was. Like, that could happen at a later time. And it also implied that, like, he was, like, well aware of Atlantis and, like, all this kind of stuff. Like, it, you know, I think it's really nice when movies don't have to, like, spoon feed you every, like, and this is where he learned this and, like, that kind of thing. Um, I think when it comes to the Nicole Kidman fight scene, I thought that was really cool. I think that, you know, maybe it's something from his um, directing of Fast and the Furious because, like, you're not going to get 
a more Aquaman-like person in real life than The Rock. And so, like, you know, direct and fight sequence with someone like The Rock or with someone like Jason Statham, like, you're going to get more of that, like, you're just fighting with your fists and, like, some stuff you can throw as opposed to, like, superpowers that are supposedly there. And um, I have to say about Mira that I think it's weird that she had that little stupid boob window. (laughs) Um, and stupid, stupid, yeah, yeah, stupid magic, uh, fish high heels, like could better, build a little better costume for mm. like, why does she need to have her boobs out underwater? That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. That, that distracted me the entire time. It was like just gratuity, like gratuitous, like skin, like cleavage for no reason other than yeah. the purpose of throwing it in. And, and it's not like she needed it. Like I, I thought she acted fine where you don't really like that served as like a crutch, I guess that kind of just took me out of the moment a few times. Um, as far as, uh, the Nicole Kidman action scene, I, I mean, she's, she's an older lady. There's, there's probably limits physical limits of what she can do in an action scene so i thought they covered that up with um you know creative filmography or you know camera work and i thought that was cool um as far as the de-aging thing like it's kind of cool over time seeing how the technology progresses and it's gotten better like i was looking i was looking at the skin tone and it it just it felt like a doll like Mm -hmm. like there wasn't that much like life in it but then you could see like they were trying to emote with it but I think some of the flaws was like usually when they were when when they were using that de-aging scene uh, during those de-aging scenes it seemed like the light was just so bright that you could focus in on all the flaws where they could have covered it up with you know maybe being indoor or having shittier lighting um or you know just doing something a little more creative with the lighting so that you don't really focus necessarily on the you know just on that technology but it was weird because at the end of the movie they didn't use any of that de-aging stuff and she looked better than than she did in the beginning it's not like that de-aging really made her magically look 20 years younger you know yeah yeah and and it, it it's not like it took 20 years off of her it, it 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 looked about the same so i don't think he did anything by doing that you know um last comment i guess about the the, the fight scene julian you made a very good um I don't know if it's observation or more so a comparison, but uh, the whole, like James Wan directing Fast 7, you know, Jason Statham and The Rock, they have that one fight scene where The Rock does, like, one of his wrestling moves and that that very, yeah, into the table, that camera motion was the very same one that they, or very similar to the one that they did here. Um, So I kind of mentioned, you know, we we all mentioned like the different types of uh, inspirations, you know, uh, you know, Roman mythology, um, Greek, and and everything. I kind of like the their globe trotting, you know, different places. You know, I got a little bit of like a national treasure feel. You know, when they find that bottle, then they have to go to like one of the king statues and actually see. I, I really did enjoy that, except for. Uh, there, there was something about it. Oh, I guess it was kind of like in the in, in the desert where I didn't really quite. I, I don't know if it was just the setting that I thought was a little. Gosh, I don't, I don't want to say lazy, but it's just it was just in the middle of a desert, right? There was nothing else there, so it was kind of a, a boring image on screen until they fall down right into the the kingdom of the deserters. You know, so it wasn't until there where actually I was a, a little bit more. Um, engaged into what was on screen other than that it was just them talking and kind of bickering you know so maybe that at that point i was maybe slightly bored uh, because it was just a little back and forth and you just uh, at that point i didn't really quite buy that chemistry yet um would you say that chemistry was ever as strong as the parents 
No, not at all. Um, and, and, the, and the parents one, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't see that that magic, you know, that spark early on. It wasn't until like she had Arthur, you know, um, you got like but it was the, believable, though, right? Even with yeah, the, even with the brother. Yeah, the brother too. I, I do like that dynamic. Uh, you know, with Nicole Kidman, it was like splash. You know, it was a literal fish out of water um, story. So I don't know. I didn't like her eating the fish out of the tank. I, 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 again, that's probably something for the kids. But you know, there was like little touches like that. I, I didn't think was uh, very necessary. And when she came out, she was more like an alien or robotic, you know, than than a sea creature because you know it is the lost city of Atlantis. It's not like they were fish already, right? Were were they not human? You know, before that and they just evolved so i don't know i i thought that was a little unclear to me um you know maybe somebody else understood that uh but what do you guys think about the the different locales and did you have any you know maybe favorites or something that pointed out um one last thing and, and i'll move on but uh you know i mentioned how um, i've been very fascinated with like the lost uh, land of atlantis but also that since I mentioned how they show us a lot of the underwater scenes, I enjoyed seeing like all the wrecked ships underwater. Like I, I loved all of that visually. That was really cool. Uh, the point where um, Arthur and Mira are talking, or well, and Willem Dafoe uh, talking in like that pirate ship. You know, I thought that was cool too. So anything that was like sunken underwater, I thought that was um, uh, cool just visually. So yeah, I definitely um, enjoyed the uh the globe trotting aspect of it i really honestly feel like you know how it seems like the more successful comic book movies seem to be also very much genre films and this could have easily been a national treasure indiana jones tomb raider um movie or you know even a lot like uncharted i think it could have been you know the the actor who played was it king uh what is it? King? No, 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 no. The uh, the oh, the King the f- yeah, King Atlan. Sorry, my apologies. The the actor who played King Atlan played a uh, uh, Cutter in the Uncharted video game series, and oh. I just I really think it could have been more of that type of type of movie going through these different ancient locations and you know discovering new things along the way. I mean that that aspect was in the movie but it's very very light on it um i think when they got to the the earth's core which is full of water which is lol but um that's that whole sequence and they find nicole kidman i think she's wearing like that really like complicated armor of stuff that she's obviously killed over time i would have really enjoyed to see more of her I don't know. I mean, there's not enough time for anything, you know. More for a story there. Yeah. I mean, I think that it should be said that, like, they probably could have used her more, I think. Like, she was a queen. She was probably a pretty bad, like, badass fighter. You know, Nicole Kidman is older. She's 51. But, you know, Tom Cruise is 56 and just had an action movie come out. So I think that, like, they could have used her character more, used her strengths more. Yeah, I mean, none of the characters, none of the actors in the movie got the screen time they deserved. Like, all the supporting cast, very, you know, it's a star-studded cast. And I mean, mean, Jimon Hansu got, like, I don't know, 15 seconds. Yeah, Yeah. it was was really, I mean, like, why? It's, you know, 
Man, it could have been... They're coming over from Marvel. <laughs> well, I feel like, yeah, like, once again, Jimon Hantu gets the shit end of the stick on the, like, being in a superhero role. Like, when are they just going to, like, give that guy... He's going to be in Captain Marvel. Hey. Oh, he is? Oh. He was in Fast 7. And he was in Fast 7. It's true. I love Jimon Hantu, and I think that he should just get his own... Everything. Yeah, everything. Give him the world. I think you made a good point. Like, they had all these side characters, and they didn't give him enough screen time, so it doesn't really make you, like, yearn for a second Aquaman. Like, I, you know, like, there's only so much growth that you can make as Aquaman, so, like, where's all the character growth for everyone else? Like, I don't know where they would go from there. And uh, I found it weird that there was, like, not too many women in this cast. There was just Nicole Kidman and and, uh, and uh, um, Amber Heard. But, like, their characters were really central, and, like, they played, like, they had there was such a big way like I, I don't i don't know like they played such a central figure but they didn't even get that much screen time for how much like h- how important their characters were right like so I'm, I'm surprised they didn't build up on that and to go back to the world building I, I think there's something that i couldn't really put to words earlier they've tried a really good job i mean they tried to, to build this world out but it seems like they had no they didn't put any importance on like maybe merchandising. Maybe that's what we're just like pre-wired to see. Like, oh, it made me these worlds feel more colorful in Star Wars or Avengers or Marvel because like you can merchandise so many of those things. Whereas here, there's not really like if I was a ten-year-old kid, I can't picture seeing something on screen and like dying to go to you know Toys R Us now that it's gone to to buy whatever that toy is. Whether whether it's the trident that they didn't really build up to be cool enough, or any of the armors or the suits or any of the characters, I. I don't know. Nothing strikes me as cool as Captain Phasma from Star Wars in that sense. Like, there's nothing you would buy from this movie. So what's the point of building this world if there's nothing that's going to stick out and be super memorable, I say? That being said, there was a little boy in front of us that had an Aquaman action figure that he Uh brought to the Mm. movie, which I thought was very poignant. And it was very clearly a Jason Momoa as Aquaman. But... I mean, but it's just him, like, where, you know, like, he doesn't have, like, a place that, like, yeah, like, what do you bring him in the bathtub or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I mean, obviously people are going to cosplay because they cosplay everything, but it, it, just to play off what uh, was said was just that, you know, there there's, I don't, I don't picture many people trying to cosplay as any of these characters, and there's nothing for kids to kind of latch onto at all, yeah. I mean, and I think that kind of like goes to, comes down to like the costuming, right? We kind of mentioned like uh, some of, some of their outfits and stuff. Mira's is super underwhelming. It's just like a green leotard, you know, and you just throw on a red wig. She might as well be Poison Ivy. Am I right? That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like a poor I mean, version of. Poison yeah, Ivy. That, that, that's pretty much it. In terms of uh, merchandising, I mean, this isn't sexy, but like the the the, the soldiers, you know, it was kind of like the stormtroopers. Like each different color might have been like a, di- a different type of rank or something like that. So I think you, they were trying to imply that but yeah it, it, it didn't come off yeah it didn't come off because they really nothing was not, not, not too much more special i feel like maybe the red guys had like the swords and stuff like that so, yeah. so i i um kind of disagree with some of the uh what you say about the screen time i do agree that there's a, a lack of women representation in this film but i think mira had a pretty good um uh, screen presence on there i thought that her wanting to bring uh, Arthur down like all that interaction I thought that was kind of like underwritten 
But um, like one of the moments I really loved about her character, Phil, I kind of joked that it reminded me of like a Sub Zero scene. But she was in that little winery, that that wine oh, yeah. cell, uh-huh. and she could n- manipulate water. And she got like all these um, wine the wine, yeah, the, the wine to come out, and then she turned like all the liquids into, you know, like the, the shards of yeah, and then impaled these people. And I kind of like. You know, uh, this could be me reaching a little bit, but the fact that James Wan is kind of more known for, like, his horror movies and, and uh, producing a lot of them as well, like, the, the red wine kind of, like, looked like blood, and, like, and That's he... I interpreted he, it totally different. You okay. Said, you, you called it shards, and it's like, well, alcohol can't freeze into shards, but then I thought it was alcohol, like, stripping you of water, your body of water, so I yeah. dehydrated when, like, alcohol <laughs> passed through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, there's a lot of cool videos visuals um you know it, with, with the water and you, you got to have that it's, it's a movie called aquaman you know that that takes place around the ocean and the sea i love that one little line he's like you know we got rivers you know, it's kind of like little oceans right. you know so um you know little clips like that I, I really did enjoy but uh yeah the use of slow-mo some were kind of like oh what's the point at this point but i, I thought the use of it was actually pretty effective in in, in a lot of parts um and yeah i think uh the whole sequence in was it Sicily? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was very good. You know, like you were saying earlier, having a bright, colorful action sequence with lots of moving parts. It was, it was nice. Um, it was what, a nice change. What about when he was uh, chained, quartered? You know, uh, underwater when he first ran into Patrick Wilson, Orm. Yeah, him meeting his brother for the first time was. I guess first of all, it was. I mean, I didn't. You know, I didn't really read up too much about this movie. I, I kind of just. You know, I, I wasn't very interested in seeing it, so I didn't really know. Like, you know, Patrick Wilson was the the main. You know, was was Orm, and it was kind of just. It makes sense once you saw him. Yeah, once I saw him, like you know, moving in the in the movie, it was and and mostly heard him talking. I. I, I like Patrick Wilson. I think he did a great job in, in Watchmen. So it was it was nice to see him interact with uh, Jason Momoa. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it's just like any other, you know, power struggle uh, type of deal. You know, it was a, a king and somebody who's claiming to be king butting heads for the first time. Let me bring this issue up real quick, and then I'll have you guys, you know, say anything you want to say to add to that or, and anything that um, I might have skipped you guys on. But... Uh, Orm, you know, aka Ocean Master, his motivation to start this war, I love that. You know, they show us how much pollution there was out the water. That scene where Arthur's driving the truck with his dad in the passenger, and he's seeing that big ass wave and like the battleships, you know, coming uh, washed up ashore, and then seeing all of that on the news the next day, like I. That that really hit me, and and I, I just you know we I think we as society we kind of forget sometimes, like how bad it is in some parts with all of that trash, you know. So I get that motivation, and I, I really do like like his character. Um, there was all those shipping containers at the bottom of the sea, like, right? You know, and it's like, man, I didn't even know that existed like ten years ago. But I kind of wish they would have done more to that, and 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 shown you know from their perspective, the Atlantans' perspectives of what this trash is doing to them because you know their land was relatively clean and, and and all that so it would have been cool just to see you know their people being inconvenienced by all of it i guess yeah i think um going back to the scene where he meets orm for the first time in the thing i think it was like 
opposite of Jupiter ascending almost, where like the the setting in Jupiter ascending was really beautiful, and then there was just like no plot to fill it. Like I think it was like the opposite. Like that grand area they were in was very just like gray and kind of flat and I think like it could have used a little bit of you know dressing up like they are this like hugely advanced race like it probably could have been a little, just a little bit cooler but like was definitely very plot heavy and very well done and very well acted um especially the whole sequence of him like rushing Orm and like pulling the chains and you know showing his true strength and all that it's funny you mentioned Jupiter Ascending because the entire time I was watching this movie, I kept thinking, like, on a scale from Jupiter Ascending <laughs> to, you know, wh- whatever fantastic movie we all love. Like, visually, it's it's definitely leans more towards Jupiter Ascending. I, underwater, I mean, there's no way around it with you know, an Aquaman movie, but it just it did not really look great. It, it was sometimes painful to 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 watch the way the characters looked because it was just you know Willem's Defoe Willem Defoe's head on a CGI body swimming like a dolphin I do have to say that um something that I appreciated that maybe was not intentionally done was every time that like either Patrick Wilson's character Dolph Lundgren like a lot of people were out of the water they were like this like like you know Patrick Wilson was like uncharacteristically like barfing up water and like looked really haggard and his hair was all over the place whereas like underwater they were like these like elegant Mm -hmm. people and that was like the opposite for Jason Momoa like he every time he was like out of water in water like he was just always beautiful all the time and like Willem Dafoe was also very put together in both scenarios. Nicole Kidman as well. Like, I thought that was just a little nod. Yeah, I mean, it was... What you just pointed out is, I mean, I guess one of the bigger details um, in the movie is that Atlan was both king of Atlantis when it was above water and then also when it was below, where every king since then has only been the king of Atlantis as it is below water. So having Jason Momoa be both of these things, I think, was a, definitely an important detail. And then the other thing that I had a big problem with was, I guess, their lore. I mean, Willem Dafoe and Amber Heard are talking about legends regarding like the, the Trident and all these things that happened in the past and then like seconds later they're they're talking about how it basically pushed their technology forward and advanced them farther than to where they are at this present time so it was like if it's a legend how is it helping you to advance yourselves as a as a society and a race I don't have anything to add to that, <laughs> but I think the fact that we are pointing out like different uh, little details, whether we like them or not, it, it does seem like the filmmakers and the writers. I know there's a few hands um, that that uh, contributed to writing the story. I think they really, really did try, you know, uh, yes. with this movie. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, um, to to kind of add to what you guys said about like people uh, underwater, I think the the thing that so the funny thing is it looks like an underwater Krypton, you know, because like everybody's floating yeah. and stuff like that. And I actually kind of dig uh, dig that dug that the calling it like the best looking Krypton, but underwater that I've seen. Um, the, I, I guess the biggest part that bothered me was like um, Dolph Lundgren will be 
talking and then like his hair is flowing in the water but then orm his hair would be perfect unless he was like wearing uh, i don't know if it was a crown or or something i think it was a crown but you could see his hair floating then but the biggest one for me is when they talk i don't want bubbles but i want to see some kind of like water manipulation in front of their mouth some kind of movement yeah i thought the same thing about orm and then at one point um it showed the back of his head and he was very clearly like the the back of his hair was like pinned yeah. together um and i like it was definitely weird though because it definitely wasn't always like that like sometimes it was flowing and that seemed like a weird because it was short but then it was also long enough to be pinned it it didn't really make sense um as far as the way it was always uh um, yeah shown shown. displayed it's probably just a weird observation that i had but i found it funny that the classically white clean cut guy was the bad guy in this movie and guys that you don't associate with being good guys like William Defoe or Dolph Lundgren or you know like you know Jason Momoa isn't that classic looking good guy and they were all you know good guys in this movie so I thought I don't know if that's like a real observation or not but I thought that was kind of interesting actually now that you mentioned that um you know you you two don't know it but Phil knows this uh there's a couple of references to Cobra Kai, uh, one in particular, you know, where uh, Arthur says no mercy, and then later on he calls William Defoe's character Cobra Kai. Uh, but in the show Cobra Kai, they have this theme of flipping the script, which is something that they say. It's stuff that they, they took from the first movie and then they changed it up for Cobra Kai. And that's how they were able to kind of do a similar thing by changing things, tweaking it just a little bit. So I think you're onto something, Phil, you know, because of those um, uh, uh, purposeful drops of Cobra Kai. I think there might have been an influence on flipping the script. Well, you you know, usually it's the ethnic guys that are probably the bad guys. Well, we kind of talked about whether this was undertone or just intentional. But, you know, the, the, the fact that... There's this um, conflict between Orm and Arthur. Arthur being a half breed, and Orm is a you know full blooded Atlantean. There's there's that, so we're kind of talking about that too. So yeah, it's just something a, a little bit different that we're used to. I, I just had a question. I, it's not even fully formed, but is Atlantis being like so heavily advanced and armed and and with the wall? Was that supposed to be symbolic of maybe America at all? <laughs> Could, could be. Uh, I don't. I actually have an opinion on that. I I didn't get that sense. I, I, didn't, get I didn't get that. Yeah, I didn't get that impression at all. It. Um. I can see somebody somebody seeing that. But um, I mean, there was only one point where I thought that they might have commented on America uh, as today, and it was something that Arthur said to Mira, and I forgot the exact line. Um, he was just basically, was, yeah, just saying how like how the way things are in the world or something like that. It was just kind of. The, I think that was the only time I felt that there was a comment on like today's situation. It was like when the bad guys are running things, or or like we got some bad eggs running things, or something like yeah, that. Like she was. I, I, like yeah. yeah talking about like oh you guys are like polluting everything and yeah. like like barfing you know pollution into the air and he's like all right all right, all right. like we got yeah. some bad guys running things but i, I think um shit i don't remember what i was gonna say oh uh, going back to um willem dafoe and like um there was like some something in me that's like naturally distrusting to willem dafoe <laughs> and so yeah and so like i was just like oh he's gonna turn on him at some point like it was it was just like when i watched interstellar and i was like the robots are secretly bad and they weren't so yeah i feel like i'm sorry willem dafoe i love you but the same with Dolph Lundgren. yeah 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 you're just like oh he's secretly bad because they're classically bad yeah. guys you know? Cla- yeah classic bad guys sorry Dolph. sorry willem <laughs> 
Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, people could definitely see a correlation between Atlantis falling and, I guess, America falling. I mean, they they, they showed that basically they, they made the trident and that discovery or that creation is what propelled them forward. But then they just they relied on it too much. And that that's was the literal thing that that made them fall to the ocean floor and you know like the discovery of oil propelled us into uh you know the strongest economy in in the world and i mean it, it could eventually be our downfall who knows really but it's like the greed or the thirst for power. Yeah, the, the greed and thirst for power yeah totally i i don't think as americans i really saw that as like a reflection on us Atlantis but I could definitely tell that movies now aren't really necessarily made with just Americans in mind they're made for a worldwide audience so maybe people from other countries maybe China that don't really have you know that know all that much about United States but just have only a sliver you know have their own stereotypes or what their own beliefs are they might associate Atlantis with America you know or, or maybe other countries would but I, I don't think it was that strong enough where me as an American felt that you know Atlantis was supposed to be representative of the United States so I'll give this last thought and I'll give you uh, everybody a chance to kind of wrap up and then um, say their final words as well uh, the other thing that really bothered me about this movie was Mira's vehicle like I, I just thought it was like the lamest looking thing and obviously it's uh, for convenience I wish that it could have been something else I mean I do like how what was the vehicle like? uh, I, I don't know it was just like you know it was just kind of like a like a weird looking pod I mean uh, underwater it looked uh, it looked very aquatic you know that's that's the only word i could think of when i see it uh, i don't know what else you give her but i kind of liked the idea you know the whole pinocchio thing where they went in a whale i'm not saying use that but i mean i know they're advanced and stuff like that but i i look at that and i think of something like you know, we have a lot of nice-looking vehicles, and then there's like a Fiat. You know, that's kind of like you know, it was, that's kind of like what I I looked at her vehicle and go, of all the things you guys could have designed for her, that's what we got. So again, everyone, go ahead and give your guys' last thoughts, and we'll wrap it up. Um, I agree with that. I thought that there was a really weird disconnect between the fact that they some of them had vehicles, and sometimes they were like riding sharks and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was like a like I was like at the end when he like puts out his waves and all the like vehicles <laughs> well, all the shark vehicles like turn on their masters like I was like yeah shit yeah like, <laughs> yeah and so like I think that was like a, a really weird disconnect too where they're like supposed to be like really in tune with nature and stuff but they're like forcing these sharks to be cars and sharks yeah, are like yeah. fuck that man I don't think that I mean it's they all don't have i mean something i guess i didn't know is that they all don't have the power to communicate with yeah. the aquatic life so yeah it's like I'm super sad that nobody talks to the kraken <laughs> yeah it hasn't talking to a, really excited to talk to somebody you, you understand me yeah, yeah. It, it, that, oh shit i got so much to say <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely uh that was it was kind of that was definitely funny I'll say while while watching the movie, I was distracted by some of the low points, and now an hour later, we're talking about this, uh, you know, amongst ourselves here, having this conversation, and all those things that I thought stood out that kind of pulled me away from the movie have kind of just fell wayside. Like I can't remember any of them, mm -hmm. but we're having a good discussion. I'm remembering all the positive things, so I guess that's good. Yeah, I mean, there's 
like I was saying earlier, some of the visual sequences, they, like Thor Ragnarok, they were kind of these, like, slow motion, um, like, ancient battle portrait. The the composition of the scenes were very well done, and uh, it, was, it was visually pleasing, for sure. It was, it was nice to see care put into them and to make it feel like there's some sort of, you know, weight to to what is going on on the screen. And I guess the last thing, it'll be negative, sorry, but it's <laughs> that they all kind of evolved or devolved from at the same rate, the, the different uh, kingdoms and species. I, I don't know, I couldn't, it, it wasn't very clear, but it, it was, it almost sounded like they all started off as these humans. I guess the Atlanteans uh, turned into these like, beautiful underwater humans and then some turned into mermaids and then others turned into crabs and then long live the brian king yes is that really what happened they they were people originally and they evolved into that i mean they they kind of said like they devolved we don't really it was yeah it wasn't super clear I love yeah. the trench monsters. Very Tolkien way of just being like, I don't know where they came. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I interpret it. Yeah, just they... like, some of them Look, are monsters. Or, orcs how. come from tortured elves. Orcs come oh, from the oh, darkness God. of, you know, yeah, it's, humans. it's yeah. just, you know, yeah, we, there's just different. Well, that kind of ruins it for me then. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's yeah. terrible. All right, I, I guess I do have one uh, one more negative too. Um, it, it's it's when uh, Atlanta Atlanta she convinces Arthur, you know, to go, you know, fetch the the, the trident and stuff, and basically convinces him that he is worthy. Like I love the build up to that. And she's like, oh, you're scared. He's like, yeah, you know, but that makes you different or whatever that last part is. And then he's like, yeah, you know what, mom, you're right. And I'm yeah, gonna go. Like, yeah, that that was a little underclimactic. Yeah, it, yeah, it felt cheap, you know. And I mean, like, can anybody gas you up like your mom? Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> but she she she'd been gone yeah, for a long no, time it's too. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, and they did that like throughout the movie. Like they just rushed to all these parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, like okay, yeah. it, it's like, man, this is a great moment you could build on emotionally, and then it's like, let's draw it out. But no, they rushed through it. Yeah. And and, and usually it was at the expense of the women, like yeah, and their and or the side characters and and their development. So. For sure. And it just brings me to one of my, uh, I guess, beliefs that most of these movies would just be better as television shows because there's not enough time to visit a world full of all of these things in two to three hours. Um, And especially when you're getting to the three-hour mark, you know, people, it's just uncomfortable to be at a movie theater that long. So as... as is, yeah, HBO, if you're listening, just pick up every single franchise and turn it into something beautiful. <laughs> All right, and I think they'll conclude uh, our uh, instant review of, uh, again, Aquaman. So hopefully you guys enjoyed what we had to say, and uh, I think Phil's the only other person on Twitter here where we usually do carry the conversation. Uh, I'll tag him in the tweets, but it is at, uh, at FilthyAnimal, uh, 1L. 
P-H, uh, spelled with a P-H. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for checking out this episode. If you want to interact with me, uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Podstalgic. Uh, I do have a group page for my movie review as well. It's Podstalgic and Friends. And I mentioned Cobra Kai, which is a show that I cover on another podcast called Cobra Kai Companion. Companion spelled with a K, where at this point I've had 20 interviews with cast members from both the Karate Kid uh, movies and also the uh, Cobra Kai TV show. So um, check that out. I actually got a group page on there uh, for, for that uh, coverage as well. Uh, but yeah, thanks uh, you guys for your continued support. And if you're a newer listener and if you're interested, this show primarily focuses on uh, retro movie reviews. I know like the last handful have been new releases, but um, I got a couple... Christmas movie reviews coming out soon. One is more of a modern classic to me, anyway, and uh, and another one kind of a I guess another modern classic, a little bit older, 2003's Elf. Little tease there. So uh, go back and check out some of the other stuff I've done. I've done some obscure 80s movies, um, some you know more notable like I don't know Can't Buy Me Love, and then there's the Wraith that I did during the summer, which not many people have seen. So uh, yeah, check out the back catalog if you like the 80s and 90s. So um, that'll be it. Uh, thanks. Thanks again to my guests, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Born on the wrong side of the ocean, with all the tides against you. You never thought you'd be much good for anyone, but that's so far from the truth. I know there's pain in your heart And you're covered in scars Wish you could see what I do Cause baby Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.